Hey guys, I'm Rachel. And I'm Erin. And this is going to be unsettling. Deeply. So, how's your tea? Out. Oh, my latte's out, too. You want to go get a, a drink break? Yeah. Okay, hang on. Please hold. You got a nice fanny. All right, we're back. We now have our tea reloaded, like Herbie. Herbie reloaded. Fully loaded. Herbie fully loaded. <laughs> it's fully loaded. I ate some of Aaron's expired uh, peanut. Nope. <laughs> Pumpkin seeds. Peanut. Peanut. Nope, not even that. Pumpkin seeds. The peanuts anyway. were the only one that wasn't expired. Yeah, I didn't eat those. I'm not a big fan of peanuts, but give me any other kind of nut. I'm all about it. I love peanuts. You know, Sophia likes peanuts in the shell. Mmm. Those are not salted. I like them too, not salted. I think, and she likes the experience of cracking them and making sure that my car can never stay clean. Yeah. Like a Five Guys Burgers and Fries restaurant. Mmm. How they just throw the shells on the ground. Do they? Yeah. Why do they have peanuts in there? I don't know, but they're just throwing the shells. It's a thing. Interesting. I think it has something to do, places did that, because it, like, cleans the ground, like it exfoliated the ground. Oh, okay. I don't know if I'm making that up No, I think peanut shells do act as, like, an exfoliant. So I think it was just, like, a fun thing, and then also it helped clean the floor. It was, like, semi-beneficial, and also they could be, like, a little lazy with it. Yeah, I think it still happens, kind of, at Five Guys Burgers and Fries. Five Guys Burgers and Fries. It's not an ad. How many guys? We could advertise them, but we wouldn't know, though. We could. Uh, I think right now we're running an ad for... Eric loves animals, and <laughs> what's that? Uh, it's a show about this guy named Eric that likes animals, and um, also some other true crime podcast. Okay, but that changes. We've uh, we've that is a weird way to put that wire. He thought it looked better. Okay, it definitely looks like something. Doesn't? I mean, I don't know. I, I don't mean, know what I prefer fine. yet. I just I guess I've never noticed it. Yeah, there's, like, a wire hanging down from my TV. My husband put this thing over it to, like, hide the wire. But it's, like, it doesn't really hide it. Well, because um, it's not the same color as the wall. And no. also, it's in the shape of, like... A pipe. Like, like a, a Wreck-It Ralph pipe. Yeah. Like a Mario tube. Yeah, like a whoop, whoop, whoop. There's that kind of tube. L's in it. Yeah. It's um, great. It's pretty intense. But if you're listening, it looks really cool. It, um, it, it really adds to the plants. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? I'm allowed to say because I got him a latte today. So that's true. Yeah, my husband has plants in the room that we record. Like I'm not supposed to take care of them because he said he was gonna. Um, but someone he, needs to. But he didn't want to get them to get over water. But now they just are all dying. I don't think they get watered at all now. Someone yeah. needs to intervene. So I said I'm gonna leave them alone. Don't mind me. Don't mind me. Also, I kill these kind of plants, the succulents. So yeah. I don't really want to water them anyway. So, he'll take care of it. Eventually. 
Any other new news? Um, I don't think so. I've been struggling. This is not new at all. It's just something I always have issues with is, like, what century are we in right now? Not even being facetious. Like, what? Are we the 21st century? Because it's always, like, whenever someone talks about something, yeah, I'm going to... We're the 21st. Is, so it's, like, 100 years ahead is what we say? Because, like, yeah, when we were growing up in the 90s, it was the 20th century, right? Yes. So now it's definitely the 21st. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. I, I... Confirmed. I always struggle with, like, whenever something... Like, we're reading something and it's a reference and it says... In 1812, early in the 19th century, like what the hell? Yeah, why is it like? Why that? do you have to do that to me? There's a reason. I don't. I don't do well with time to begin with. Um, it's just my brain can't understand time. Yeah. Okay. So I don't think we actually got into the story at all. I think we were talking about time, and then yeah, the the boys started being boys, and we worked out the kinks. Now this this whole episode from start to finish already has been a real wild ride because we took our tea break. Mm-hmm. It's where it all started. It is. So what are we talking about today? The Alaska Triangle. Ooh. So I wanted to talk about the state with a very peculiar statistic in terms of missing people. Okay. Obviously, Alaska. Well, they might not have the most missing people of any in, in the United States, which California takes the lead on. Okay. That makes sense. It does have the most missing people per 1,000 people. Interesting. So, like, the rate in which people go missing is the highest. Considerably higher than anywhere else. It's, like, a lot. Really? A lot. It's over twice the national missing persons average in America. Oh. And most of the people who go missing in Alaska are never found. Oh. And one area in Alaska is responsible for the majority of these disappearances. And, obviously, it's the Alaska Triangle. Hmm. And since 1988, over 16,000 people have gone missing from the Alaska Triangle. Wow. Yeah. 16,000 since 1988? Mm Mm-hmm. Holy shit. If you look on, like, um, a graph or something. That's like 500 people a year. Yeah. That's more than a person a day. Yeah. Yeah. So if you look on a graph or anything and you look at... um, just like I said, like the amount of people that go missing per their pop because their population's small, right? Yeah. Like there's not a lot of people live there. It's just really stark to see it next to every other state. Wow. It just looks crazy. It's when you see it, the data like put into a graph, it's just like, oh, okay. Yeah. So the Alaska Triangle connects Anchorage, Juno, and uh, this is so hard to say. It's U T Q I A. G- Utica. Utica. Is that how you say it? Oh, wait. How does it end? V-I-K. No, then that's not Utica. Here, wait. What was it? <clears throat> well, I, I had it under... I had it... U-T-Q-I-A-G-V-I-K. U-T-Q-I-A. I had it pulled up. I don't know where it went. V... Wait. U-T-Q-I-A... V... G-V-I-K. I'm going to look it up. On here... Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. You're gonna do it. Ukiagvik. Oh, Ukiagvik. Ukiagvik. So, the triangle connects Anchorage, Juneau, and Ukiagvik, and it covers a massive area. And the wilderness within this area is unforgiving and harsh. 
Like most of Alaska, right? Yeah, it's not friendly. So the area is largely undeveloped and mostly totally uninhabited. And the Alaska Triangle started being talked about in 1972 when a small private airplane carrying U.S. Representative Hale Boggs, who was the House Majority Leader from Louisiana, and Nick Begich, an Alaskan congressman, they both went missing in this plane. Oh. So two um, politicians went missing, right? There's a whole, like, multiple-part podcast about this, actually. Really? Yeah, I love a podcast that'll go into one specific case in, like, crazy detail. Yes, there is a podcast that does go into crazy detail about that case in itself. I'm going to remind me to just look for that. Um, Because I do want to, if you want to get more, it's called Missing in Alaska. Okay. It looks like... um, so if you check that out, I haven't listened to it yet. I'm not sure. But I thought that was interesting, just this one case. Because <laughs> I was going to go more into it. And I'm like, okay, maybe I'm not. <laughs> it was like a 12-part series yeah. about it. Like, I don't have time to do that exactly. So there was a lot around that. Just know that. And they were flying between Anchorage and Juneau when the plane disappeared in a storm, never to be seen again. And the search area was massive, 32,000 square miles. And a huge search and rescue mission ensued for 39 days. And then they had to call off the search. And nobody was ever seen. Not the two politicians, their crew, nobody. Wow. Uh-huh. It's not the only plane that's gone missing there. There's multiple planes. Like, there was a U.S. Air Force plane that had, like, 40 passengers just went missing. And it just goes missing. Yes. Like, drops off the radar. Because once it's... If it goes missing and it crashes into the way the wilderness is there, like... It can get buried so deep in the snow, you're not going to see it. And it's yep. like literally finding a needle in a haystack. Like, yeah. that's how people really underestimate, like, how massive the area is with just fucking nothing there and how easily it can get covered. Like, it's it's crazy thing a whole ass plane can go missing, but it's very. In the scale of. In the scale of it, it's super easy. Hmm. So, anywhere from 500 to 2,000 people go missing in Alaska every year. That's crazy. In any given year, it's between that, pretty much. The dense forests of Alaska are home to so much dangerous terrain, filled with mountainous, craggy peaks, freezing lakes in the winter, crevasses all around, hidden caves, glaciers, wild animals. Like, there's a lot going on here. And not to mention the frequent avalanches. So, I think, I mean, if you get stuck in an avalanche, you're not being found. No. no. Never. Alaska sees many hikers and tourists, and it's not hard to see how they could get lost between, lost beneath the thick snow and ice, or even fall unknowingly into a snow-covered hidden cave. Like, things seem steady that you're walking on in Alaska, but then you could just go down. Drop 40 feet, and you're never coming back out. Yes. Conditions can change rapidly in Alaska as well. Even the most seasoned hikers, hunters, and locals are at risk every time they go outside in that depth of the winter. And other times, too, really. A local man named Frank Minano was reported missing in August of 2020, recently. He was an educator on hunting, substance living, respecting the land. And according to NBC11 um, in Fairbanks, they reported on the case. Um, they called him a, like like I said, a really seasoned hunter, local. Like This guy was like a mentor who taught other people okay. about how to be in the wilderness. And... He was just missing. Really? So he was super prepared, and he just never came back. 
And this was in August. This happened also. So it's not even in the worst conditions possible. And their seasons line up with like ours. So kind of close. Yeah. Kind like it does get like August is still like they're really like people who live like on out in those areas are really starting to prepare for the winter already. Okay. They're making preparations all summer for the winter. But August is not like. I don't think it's super hot, but it's pretty mild. But still, it was August. He went missing. That's crazy. And most people would agree the vast raw wilderness is to blame for the um, the unusual amount of disappearances. There have been many alternative theories out there. So I'm going to take you through some of the most popular conjectures. Okay. So in 1986, a report was made to the Federal Aviation Administration, or FAA, from a Japanese cargo flight. Japan Airlines Flight 1628 reported encountering three unidentified objects or some kind of phenomena from airspace over the Alaska Triangle when they were flying over it. Hmm. The pilot noticed the objects were moving alongside their aircraft, their aircraft and keeping pace, but they're like in erratic, erratically flying around okay. in weird patterns. The objects followed along for almost an hour. Wow. All the while occasionally emitting bright bursts of light that was blinding. Hmm. The reports were able to be verified by military and civilian radar, giving the claims some legitimacy. Oh. So that, I guess, theory would be like an identified, like aliens, aliens kind of fall yeah. into there. Another so th- aliens could be abducting people. Yes. Yes. Another theory is that an otter-like cryptid called the Kushtaka um, is to blame for the mysterious disappearances. Huh. The Tlingit people of Alaska lived on the lands as far back as 10,000 years ago. They believe some otters were actually shapeshifters who looked like men. Um, when we when we say otters. Like an otter. Like my favorite animal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't put that on otters. It's the, not the otters' fault. Uh, well, this is long <laughs> This is what they believe. This is history. The creatures had a similar... <laughs> the creatures had a sinister purpose, although it's hard to imagine otters have any cruel intentions. No. They're the best animals ever. I know. Well, according to lore, these Kushtaka wanted to trap their victims' souls so they couldn't be reincarnated. Oh. And according to OnlyInYourState.com, the legend goes as so. So it's a quote. As you're walking through your village or hunting in woods or fishing in the sea... A man or group of men approach you. These men look just like kinsmen, and you don't have a clue that they're really the Kushtaka. In some cases, the malevolent creatures appear when you're lost or injured and claim that they intend to rescue you. However, they lead you deeper into the wilderness and either tear you into pieces or turn you into a Kushtaka, oh. which prevents your soul from being able to reincarnate. Hmm. So that's the quote. They also make sounds similar to people in distress to lure you in. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the siren singers from the Odyssey, right? Mm-hmm. Or skinwalkers. Yeah. And luckily, it is said that Kushtaka are terrified of dogs. Oh. Which Alaska has no shortage of. And mothers would warn their children about Kushtaka to keep them from wandering too far away. Okay. I feel like every culture is some kind of creature waiting oh, yeah. for yes. naughty kids. Mm-hmm. All of them. Mm-hmm. So this was Alaska's. So, some people would blame the Kushtaka for some of the disappearances. It's not the otters. It's not the otters. I hope not. <laughs> Our next theory is that the Alaska Triangle is home to a large energy vortex. 
Okay. Like a spinning energy wheel, kind of. Okay. The invisible, massive, swirling vortexes are said to have dizzying effects on people. And a clockwise rotation is supposed to have positive effects on people's emotions, while counterclockwise will leave you confused and bewildered. So according to the Travel Channel, there have been recordings of electronic readings finding higher instances of magnetic irregularities in Alaska. So it makes your compasses get thrown off. Okay. And it happened up to, they malfunctioned up to 30 degrees, apparently. That's a big deal. So I don't know if that's a big, I don't know, I don't know that much about a compass. So it sounds, it sounds big. And volunteers who have searched the area have verified the confusing side effects of being in certain parts of the wilderness and give the energy vortex claim some credibility. Interesting. Right. But how do you know if it's clockwise or counterclockwise? Right. So because I don't know which way it's oriented. I, I don't know. Yeah. Like, what is the barometer? Is it like. I don't know. So, theories of UFOs and serial killers were popular around one town in particular in Alaska called Nome. Oh, Nome. Nome. From the 1960s to the early 2000s, there were 24 disappearances from this town. Okay. But it's also weird because this town is so isolated. Like, where the fuck are they they going? going? There's 4,000 full-time residents there, like, now. So, Hmm. it's so back then. There was probably... it's, It's a lot. And your best way to get outside of the town is by a plane, really. There's no roads into the city or out. Oh. Like, there's roads, but they don't really go anywhere. They just take you, like, deep into the wilderness. Oh. You don't really have... That's what I read. They don't really have a destination, kind of. Okay. It's, like, local roads, private roads. Um, so, yeah. So, they're just leading you further into the wilderness. It's right on the Bering Sea. It has just 22 miles of land and water making up the city. <laughs> And residents of Nome believe there must be a serial killer on the loose. That could be the only explanation for the like abrupt and continued disappearances hmm. in a really, really, really small community. And there's also great speculation alien abductions could be to blame for missing people, too. But the okay. FBI concluded alcohol abuse mixed with harsh winter climate were to blame for the missing victims. Well, so Alaska has, like, the highest suicide rate yes. in any state. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's dark all, like... And then it's sunny for, like... A long time. Yeah, the sun doesn't set, and then the sun never comes back up. And there is, from what I know, a lot of substance abuse in Alaska as well. Mm -hmm. A lot of alcohol abuse. Mm -hmm. um, A lot of people drunk, kind of wandering out, and then not realizing, like, not realizing how cold it is. Because you don't feel shit when you're that drunk, right? Kind of, like, don't feel any pain. So... Kind of I think, yeah, you can't, you don't feel it, right? You're like, let's take a walk, and then that turns to death if mm-hmm. you're in Alaska. Um, what theory do you think is most likely? So, uh, unpopular opinion, I think it's aliens. Okay. That is unpopular. Um, <laughs> uh, because you can, there's enough, like, space where you can grab somebody and not have a ton of people that see them getting grabbed. Mm-hmm. Um. And also, it's just, like, an easy, like, in and out. Like. Yeah. There's no one else watching the sky at that point kind of thing. Okay. I mean, I'm It's tending- definitely not the otters. <laughs> it's just not the otters. Last on the list. <laughs> is otters. Most unlikely. Um, I feel like 
it's just the wilderness of Alaska. Um, it's just easy to get turned around. Like, for most of them. I'm sure aliens might have picked up a couple, right? They probably picked up a couple and they're like, yeah, never mind. <laughs> these these people are tough. <laughs> it's easy to get turned around in nature in general. Alaska has the most remaining wilderness in the United States. Okay. Has the least populated areas in all of the country. Alaska's Yukon, Cayuse... Koyukuk census area encompasses over 145,000 square miles. So that area is larger than New York, Pennsylvania, Maryland, and Virginia combined. Wow. And in that area, there's only 5,547 people living. Wow. That's like how, when you see that, and you can really get a picture of how desolate, wild, and just crazy Alaska is. You're like, okay. So it's four people per 100 miles. Wow. So with this much open, wild, and dangerous empty space, I don't find it hard to believe Alaska could naturally have such a stark high rate of missing people. Because Alaska is also totally unique to anywhere in the United States. Like geographically, just everything about There's not another place like like Alaska. No, there's not. There's just not. Um, and it's just... It's not even attached to the United States. No. So, and I thought just knowing that it kind of makes sense. Mm -hmm. It puts it into more perspective for me as to how that could be possible. Because at first you're like, oh my God. And then when you take everything into consideration, you're like, I could see this, right? And there's a lot of hiking, hunting. That's the whole culture. Um, Still, that's a lot of people. It's still a lot. It's a lot of people when there's not that many people to begin with. Yeah. It would be a lot of people in, like, New Jersey. Yeah. And we have... It's kind of just that, like, a lot of people live just a lot differently there still. Like, they're still... Like I said, they use, like, the whole summer to prepare for the winter. And, like, even if you fuck that up and you don't get your rations proper, there's people that could die just because of that. Just because they weren't prepared and they couldn't get into town, like, when the snow fell and they just got fucked basically that's wild people like newbies like try to go to alaska and live like that and a lot of them what was that story that guy the bear no the into the wild that book i think john kerouac was that yeah i think so yeah so that's like a good story of like somebody naive who just kind of went there and was like i'm gonna do it i mean i think he had um he kind of had a feeling he might not make it but (laughs) i didn't read the book yet but it's um really criticized i think because <laughs> you can't just do that, you know, no. like it, it takes it took their whole life to learn how to live this way and to be prepared. And you can't just go there with these frontier dreams and like romanticized ideas and think yeah. it's going to be one way because it's not. It's fucking not. It doesn't care about you. It's going to kill you. <laughs> and that's all I have to say about last. And then I close my laptop. Like, yeah. It doesn't care. It's going to kill you. It doesn't have any feelings towards you. It doesn't give a fuck. No, it's very rough. I want to go very badly, though. Really? Mm-hmm. It's on our list. In the summer, obviously. I'm not yeah. insane. I want to uh, I want to lick a glacier. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I want to know what a glacier tastes like. Does it taste like nothing? Does it taste like really old dirt? I want to know. It's probably ice. But ice has a taste depending on what's in it. That's true. I knew one person from Alaska. That's it. Ever. Cool. I don't think I've ever met anyone from Alaska. Hmm. These cool ice caves you could go like there's yeah. so many cool things to see there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Apparently. I would love to go. But yeah. 
Not in the winter. No. Because I don't want to be a part of that. No. Statistic. No. I would appreciate it if you came back. Please. Yeah. Please and thank you. (laughs) All right. Well, I think that's all we got. Well, I have one more today. Mm Mm-hmm. And then... That's it. That's it. (laughs) For a while. Yeah. Yeah, because then we... I think we're good until, like, the middle of December. Mm Mm-hmm. So. Thanks. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Bye.